God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. So, you know, something big has uh, been revealed uh, overnight. And uh, actually, we've been talking about it for weeks. uh, The bioweapons in Ukraine. And I had posted on it in social media. And I tied, uh, you know, and that's why I've been talking all this week and last week about Syria and the Middle East and things like that, because this is going to end up tying together with that to a certain degree. Um, You know, that's why I talk about Gaddafi. You know, when we took out Gaddafi, uh, it freed up Libya assets. Libya assets were stored in Benghazi. We then had a secret mission in Benghazi that went awry. And we took all this, uh, all this booty, uh, from the belonged to Qaddafi, and we gave it to Al-Assad rebel, anti-Al-Assad rebels, and we gave it to ISIS warriors, and uh, they ended up really securing the oil fields that were not really owned by any one entity because Iraq was in limbo, and Turkey, a rogue NATO nation, um that, you know, was basically at odds with Egypt, Mubarak, who wanted to make peace with Israel. And we, uh, under the Obama regime and, and under the Biden regime, uh, you, you're seeing this allegiance to Iran and even Venezuela now with the regard to begging for oil. Saudi Arabia and UAE, the Gulf states that were actually supposed to be once upon a time on the side of the Palestinians, decided to break ranks from that under the Trump administration and normalize relations with Israel, like Egypt has has now done with al-Sisi. And so things were stabilizing when everybody gets along with Israel in the Middle East, and you just have some of these rogue nations that are just going it alone. 
and you sanction them and you break them to their knees, like Iran, uh, it's a better way to go because at least Saudi Arabia wants to try. Even though you know most of the hijackers in 9/11 went from Saudi Arabia, you got to understand America is different under Trump than they are, than it is under Obama. Right? You can all agree with that. And Saudi Arabia was no different. They had different kind of leadership at the time when they were hating America and flying planes into our buildings than they did under King Solomon, Muhammad's, uh, Muhammad. And that whole takedown of Khashoggi, it's all coming, coming up again. It's all being talked about again. And Lindsey Graham is right there in the, in the middle. But Saudi Arabia and UAE will not even take Biden's calls when Biden calls begging for oil deals. So he doesn't have to deal with Venezuela because it's bad for optics, bad for business, I guess. Bad for the polls, bad for the election coming up in 2022. And so... He's begging all these tyrants around the world for oil. But because UAE and Saudi Arabia won't even take his calls. Because he's pulled back from Yemen. Why? Because Yemen is actually being under threat from Iran. You've heard of the Iranian Houthis, right? Iran controls Hezbollah, which... Is a terrorist group that bombs and blows things up in Israel, death to Israel, and Iran backs the Houthis. And the Houthis are going against the Arabs, and it's all about oil and power and leverage. And so Yemen, you know, you got the Houthis there. And I remember under the Obama regime, we pulled out and we left our equipment there we pulled our Marines out almost like cowardly. And it was a pretty sad moment for our military to not only our Navy be brought down on its knees before we give Iran $150 billion of frozen assets. But in turn, also with Yemen, our State Department said, get out. And the Marines had to leave their weapons behind. I remember that story like it was yesterday. And it was just one of these things where it's like, wow. You know, putting salt in the eye of our warriors. It risks their life day in and day out. Because the leadership that was in place under Obama's regime. You know, the same guy that said climate was the biggest threat to our world. The biggest threat is not nuclear, he said. It's, it's, it's environmental. The same guy goes out and buys, what, upwards of $50 million worth of property in Hawaii in Nantucket at sea level? And this is the guy that's telling you that California is going to be underwater in 12 years? Are you kidding me? How do people buy this stuff? How do they believe it? It's unbelievable that people can actually buy this BS now. After so many lies. But this whole thing with respect to the Middle East, remember when 
Colin Powell said weapons of mass destruction, and he went to the UN, and he was talking about all these stockpiles of and what what a, what a chemical weapon can do and what a bioweapon can do. Hey, COVID was a bioweapon. COVID was a bioweapon. But you remember that? And I, I said to myself at the time, it was about 2004, and I said to myself, that's not a bad strategy really when you think about it because, you know, our true enemy is Iran. And we have a ceasefire agreement in Iraq that Saddam Hussein violated. So we could go in to Afghanistan because that's where the Taliban was and that's where the training camps were. And we can go into Iraq and, hey, guess what? You've surrounded Iran with two democracies. In the age of social and of an emerging social media, that could have great, great propaganda influence into Iran and change Iran for the better with Western ideas. Is it not a bad idea? But where George W. Bush fell short is he didn't know how to play the media, and the media was the biggest weapon that the Iranians had: false flags, all kinds of um, fake videos. You name it. And then you had the Abu Ghraib and you had the New York Times writing record number of front page stories about Abu Ghraib. It was basically a fraternity prank. It was nothing. Nobody died. It wasn't even, it was just a bunch of young people overheated in the desert having to deal with these radical Islamic jihadis and were having some fun. It was bad international PR optics. And the New York Times exploited it to like no other. Remember Abu Ghraib? Remember Iraq? We had these detention centers and we released Camp uh, al-Baghdadi from Camp Bukha. And he set up headquarters to lead ISIS to protect the oil wells coming out of Iraq into Syria and into Turkey. And to, uh, and then when Trump said we pulled our guys out of Syria, but where are they now? They're still in the Middle East. He said uh, the reporters would say, "Hey, you still have them left in the Middle East? Yeah, yeah, we left them there to protect the oil. It's no longer Lindsey Graham's oil. It's my oil. It's United States oil. It's no longer belongs to the black market and Lindsey Graham and John McCain and all these." corrupt politicians in Washington. It belongs to the United States and we're going to protect that oil and our assets. And if we need that oil, we'll take it because it belongs to us. Before he did that, it didn't belong to really anybody. Nobody had control of it. They were getting the oil out of the wells for free. But by the time it would make itself through Turkey and through Syria into Europe, where all these different corporations would work out these trade deals on the black market, making Lindsey Graham rich. By the time it made its way all the way up there, it was normal price. But how many politicians got rich in the process? How many bites at the apple did that oil pipeline caravan distribution, because it wasn't really a pipeline, it was trucks and trains, but 
by the time that oil made its way to Europe, it was still probably a bargain, still kept oil prices down, but a lot of politicians got rich. So we murdered Libya, we, we threw out Mubarak, we were nation-building, we were siding with the Muslim Brotherhood, siding with Iran in the Middle East. And all, of, all the while, we were there, and they were talking about these bioweapons and chemical weapons. And I, Saddam Hussein had them. I'm sure he did have them. But somehow, we wanted to take his bioweapons and chemical weapons too, I think. So get rid of them and send them through a tribunal and hang them. And that's what happened. And if we just free up a little piece of Syria, we can not have to go around Syria and not have to work through Turkey, who's strong-arming us and extorting us and charging us an arm and a leg. Maybe we could just take it right through Syria. But Russia said, no way, Jose. Russia said that because Russia's got the oil coming down from the north. I don't want some competing oil wells coming from the south. Bunch of Western politicians profiteering from these oil wells that were left unattended in Iraq. And you got your little mercenaries called ISIS beheading our journalists, fueling them with Gaddafi's assets in uh, out of Benghazi and then when Benghazi went south you covered it up and now Ukraine's going south and guess what we're covering it up <laughs> things don't change do they Benghazi's not much different than Ukraine because guess what folks guess what Ukraine is housing bio and chemical weapons too how do you like those apples? I always thought, and I could be wrong, but I always thought that Iraq, who was friendly with Syria at the time when Saddam Hussein was in charge, I always thought that they displaced those chemical and bioweapons and put them in Syria. And sure enough, when Trump wanted to pull out of Syria, Lindsey Graham was complaining to high heaven, basically saying, we, we can't leave Syria. We got to stabilize that region. We need to be there. And so Trump said, why are we there? We're spending a fortune. There's nothing really. When we, what do we win when we save it? What do we win? And so let's just get out. We're going to pull our troops out and maybe we'll have them watch over the oil in the, in the region. Lindsey Graham didn't like that. You recall, right? Lindsey Graham was at odds with Trump on that issue. And when Trump decided to move out, all of us were scratching our heads at the time in radio and trying to figure out why in the world would... Oh, they blamed Putin, by the way. <laughs> Putin did it. Putin had the chemical weapons in... Uh, in uh, the city begins with a D, I think, but uh, in Syria. Chemical bioweapons, an unfeathered attack, and, you know, uncalled for. So we should stay. But it was really a false flag attempt, attack. It could not have been 
the, the work of Putin. Putin would love for the United States to leave Syria. Just get out of our land. We have a 50-year lease in Syria. We've been friends with the al-Assad family since they took over Syria in the 1970s, the Assad kingdom. We're good. We don't need your help. But the politicians, they say, well, Putin's bad, and we hate Putin. And for every murder that ever happened, whether it's a poisoning of a spy or in England or whether it's uh, the chemical weapons attack in Syria, they blame Putin and then they sanction Russia. Every single time. When they won a regular election in 2016 and they hatch a Russian hoax and they blame Putin for meddling in our elections. Now, Biden's blaming Putin for higher gas prices. (laughs) It's a joke, man. How in the world could you buy this? How could liberal voters be that stupid? Seriously. I got to ask the question, where are your brains when you're voting for someone like Joe Biden? Where are they? And it's just absolutely insane that people can't see the forest from the trees. I'm laying it out for you. It's laid out there. The evidence is right there. But somehow they want to respond and say, Trump's a racist, Trump's a xenophobe. It's like, show me the proof. And by the way, when you do that, you're calling 80, you know, the, 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 the only incumbent that actually got over 70-something million votes was President Trump. You can't tell me this moron that won't answer questions to a, a, a media outlet uh, and can't even find his way off stage. Yesterday, he was at a press conference blaming Russia for high gas prices. And then what a shameful display from our Pentagon playing hot potato with a bunch of MiG jets. Can't even figure out what the heck is NATO about. Can't even figure out what to do with these 28, 29 jets that Poland has. Poland says, I'm not going to give them to Ukraine. I don't want to get on the bad side of the Russian oil. And so then they say, here, we're going to give them to you, United States. You're going to give us these American planes and we're going to give you these MiG jets. And you can take these MiG jets and do whatever you want. Wink, wink. And then we're going to go ahead and let you give them to Ukraine. And the Pentagon says, well, that's not tenable. We're not going to do that. We're not doing that. We're not going to take a stand because we're spineless. We lack courage. That could be akin to, you know, and they could even stipulate that, you know, the, the MiG jets only fly on the western coast of Ukraine to protect Poland and to protect Ukraine and use them for defensive purposes. No, they're afraid that they might get blamed. And right now we're still buying a truckload of oil from Russia. And of course, if Russia pulled the plug, we might have to abandon uh, the Green Initiative, which is what this war is probably half of, half of uh, the reason why this war exists, is this Green Initiative. God forbid we actually reopen Keystone Pipeline 
and become energy independent again and drive oil prices down. Instead, we're just going to go ahead and crush the middle class because that's all that seems to be uh, happening right now. If you listen to Tucker Carlson's open last night, he's talking all about the middle class getting crushed. Who pays? Who pays for this wildly expensive oil? It's the middle class that's going to pay. It's going to pay in the sweaters we buy that are made from petroleum. It's going to be uh, the refineries uh, that make petroleum. It's going to be, we're going to pay in so many ways you, you can't even imagine. Shipping and, and, and handling is going to go up. Of course, you're going to pay $80 at the pump for gas instead of 30 <clears throat> The middle class is getting crushed and Biden knows it. It can't be by mistake that every single decision that Biden makes crushes the middle class, whether it's COVID mandates and restrictions, whether it's climate initiatives and, and uh, climate regulations, or whether it's this nonsensical war that could have been easily avoided. Remember when we were playing some clips of Tulsi Gabbard weeks ago? In January, I was writing about this. It's so easy to avoid. And they're, they're finally coming around to it. Ukraine is finally saying, hey, you know what? We don't have to be in NATO. And the Donbass region could be neutral and independent. And if they said yes to those two things and a couple of other stipulations, this war ends tomorrow, today. And all these people in the room want to complicate things. But my question in the open is... I think that Iraq's chemical weapon, bioweapons were put into Syria. And I remember when Trump bombed some of these chemical bioweapon storage facilities around an airport after they had done an attack. Um, when Trump wanted to pull out, then there was this f- stupid attack. They blamed Russia for it. So then Trump had to respond, took out a bunch of bioweapons and things like that. They were probably being sold on the black market. So I think that was Trump's wink and a nod to say, look, every time you do that, I'm going to cost you a lot of money. Because these bio and chemical weapons that you're selling on the black market to uh, perhaps as defense mechanisms and maybe to Ukraine, uh, are going to be blown up. Your supply chain is going to be blown up. And that's what Trump did. Trump did that. He bombed around the airport bio and chemical weapons in Syria when he wanted to pull out of Syria and a Lindsey Graham neocon contingent did a false flag attempt, is my theory, did a false flag attack in Syria And then Trump responded and he blew up a bunch of bioweapons around this airport because these bio and chemical weapons weren't being shipped by train. They were being shipped by plane into a country like Ukraine. And that's in part, I think, what why it is that Lindsey Graham and Amy Klobuchar and John McCain were all filmed receiving awards in Latvia and Lithuania, medals 
sitting down with Poroshenko and his military, giving speeches, as you heard on the Tucker clip yesterday that we played, the long one. And there's photographs galore of, of them there on New Year's Eve during the Trump transition when Trump was president-elect, not president yet, and Obama was president still. And they were trying to get this deal done before Trump got to be president because what they were doing was hobnobbing in all these different countries. And there was a lot of money laundering going on, like in Montenegro and Cyprus. And that uh, leader of Montenegro was the same guy that President Trump went on stage at NATO and shoved out of the way because the guy was standing in Trump's way. And he did it that way, and a shock went around the world. Couldn't believe that Trump did that. Grabbed the guy by the shoulder and just kind of shrugged him out of the way. Get out of my way. Because Trump knew that these globalists were corrupt politicians that didn't have their people's best interests at heart. And that's the kind of thing that was going on there. So let's take a listen to a clip from Victoria Newland. Let's take a listen to this. Well, um, I only have a minute left. Let me ask you. Marco um, Rubio. Does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. I'm sure you're aware that the Russian propaganda groups are already putting out there all kinds of information about how they've uncovered a plot by the Ukrainians to release biological weapons in the country and with NATO's coordination. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or, uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100 percent it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. Well, uh oh, yeah, right. Sure. Yeah, right. That's right. So basically, uh, United States would never do that, right? No, the United States wouldn't would do any of that, would it? I think not. So, uh, yeah, right. They're behind it. Check this out. This is Nancy Pelosi talking about uh, the wrap-up smear. Let's take a listen. In tonight's fact or fiction, right we're answering here. all the rest. Right here. Smear yes. somebody with falsehoods and all the rest. Here's the clip. You smear somebody... With falsehoods and all the rest. Smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest. And then you merchandise it. And then you merchandise it, okay? And then you write it, and they'll say, see, it's reported in the press that this, 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 and this. So they have that validation that the press reported. Some website. 
So it's a wrap up, classic wrap up smear. They, the Democrats have been doing that with the Russian hoax and with the Ukrainian hoax and with just about every dirty tactic they do. They do it all the time. And yet, Victoria Newland, Toria Newland, a high ranking State Department official, undersecretary, is basically saying Russia will be the blame if chemical weapons are used. No, I don't believe that's true at all. Because in 2005, you got Obama as a senator over in Ukraine. Uh, there's all kinds of evidence that's coming out now about these bioweapons in Ukraine. And, you know, Becker News right here says Russian Foreign Ministry Minister Lavrov accuses Pentagon of running biowarfare facilities in Ukraine. Of course. And like I say, I think that they went from Iraq to Syria and from Syria uh, they went to Ukraine. Now, remember when Barack Obama said, what's your red line in the sand? And he said, if, uh, if they use chemical weapons. I think he was referring to Iran. doesn't even matter. Uh, but he said, I think if they use chemical weapons, that's my red line. He was wearing a tan suit. He said this. Of course, they did use chemical weapons, and and it was in Syria or Iran, and they, he ended up using chemical weapons, and he did nothing. And the reason why he did nothing is because I think that there's a question as to who the chemical weapons belong to. And why, why would they be in a certain place at a certain time? I think that they, just like they did with Gaddafi's assets, I think that when Saddam Hussein went under, they actually took a whole bunch of assets, including bio and chemical weapons, and they hid them. And they couldn't find them. They were probably storing them in Syria. And sure enough, like I said, Trump bombed those some of those locations. But I think that they were stored in Syria. They were being protected in Syria. And then they were being distributed to other countries on the black market. Because a state sponsor like a first world country like the United States could never really get in bed with bio and chemical weapons on uh, selling them willy nilly to any any rogue nation, any corrupt money laundering nation like Ukraine. So we wouldn't have sold them. We couldn't. I mean, it would be probably objected to by the United Nations. It would be bad optics for the United States to do that. So the United States will sell you pillows and blankets. Oh, it's comforting. It feels good on my head. But then on the black market, so Obama talks to someone like John McCain and Lindsey Graham and says, hey, you have a green light to go ahead and profit from this, but you know, make sure they get what they need to protect themselves. Uh, because, you know, our NATO allies like Poland and and uh, Romania and all these different countries are one buffer away from the big Russian bear. You know, Ukraine is like a buffer. That's a defense zone. So <clears throat> we need to make sure that Ukraine becomes that buffer between Europe and Russia. 
And Russia kind of likes that buffer too. They don't want a NATO allied aggressor on their doorstep. And that's exactly why it is that they are where they are today. Because of all the corruption in Ukraine and all the deals that were being made and all the promises of Ukraine being in the EU and by de facto then the NATO or Ukraine being in NATO in formal way in a form more formal way and now they're backpedaling on that and you know Russia called a ceasefire I said this yesterday in order to for people to flee Ukraine's cities so they could take these cities over the only people that would be left would be the uh, people that are fighting against Russia's aggression. So there's that. And then there's, there's the other part, which is Russia, I think, is probably concerned about the chemical weapons that are there and is not going to just roll right in and walk into a trap and end up losing a lot of lives. That would be another thing. And then the third would be that the reason why the war is taking on new delays, not just the ceasefire to ask people to leave, to free up the playing field so that they could go ahead and seize the cities with minimal loss of life. That would be for one rule, step number one. Step number two is basically ensuring that they don't get hit with bio, unexpected bio and chemical weapons. That would be number two. But number three, they, uh, they don't want to walk into traps and be blamed for them. Because if they just steamroll in, they, they already know that the mainstream media around the globe is a, a globalist socialist media. They're globalist socialist friendly Okay, which means that they support Ukraine because Ukraine is a globalist, socialist, new world order, wannabe, rogue state, slush fund slash corrupt money laundering state is what they are. And we've already talked weeks ago about Vitaly Klitschko saying we're a European nation, we want to be part of the uh, NATO and the European Union. And there was a lot of talk about that. And then there was also that uh, member of parliament, that woman that said, we are the protector of the new world order and we are uh, also the uh, shield for the euro. She said that, right? So we know where they stand politically. Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, are you talking to me? Yes, caller. What's your name and yeah. where are you calling from? I, I lo- My name is Ty. And where, where are you calling from? Uh, Las Vegas. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm a follower of yours on Facebook, and I find it funny that uh, just recently you posted about the supposed bio labs uh, in Ukraine. What I find funny is every country... Or, or, you know, modernized country in the world, Germany, UK, Poland. Uh, I know what you're going to say. They all have bio labs, right? 
That's what you're going to say. Yeah. So, yeah. so we should we they should be anybody should be allowed to attack. I mean, Canada has biolabs, so should we go attack Canada because they have biolabs? And there's nothing there's nothing to say. If you research what was being done, it was uh, atomic labs, and even if it was biolabs. There's CDC's, uh, WHO centers, not that they're trustworthy, but they're all over the place. What I find funny is that people like you are the reason why Joe Biden got elected, because our conservative views, you have a country that is fighting for its survival, and people like you turn around and turn it into something nefarious. When you have Vladimir Klitschko and his brother, who are world-renowned boxers, heavyweight champions who have multi-million dollars at their disposal and they stay and fight for their country. You have football players, you have uh, rock stars. They're going back to fight for their country. That says something. Maybe their leader's not, not the most up-and-up guy, but the fact that these people are going back to fight for them says something. And people like you turning into something totally disgusting, you get some tidbit of information and you run with it. Uh, all right. Well, you know what I say to that? I say there's a lot more to this conflict than meets the eye. What What the heck was John McCain and Lindsey Graham doing there with Poroshenko and Amy Klobuchar on December 31st, 2016? What were they doing there? Who know they have meetings all the okay. time around the world. Let me ask you another knows, question. What, what, what was Hunter Biden? What was what Hunter Biden's qualifications on the board of Burisma? And what do you think Burisma was, was, was all about? He shouldn't be there. He okay. shouldn't be there. But and do you honestly they, think Joe and, Biden? Okay. And do you honestly think Joe Biden? Do you know would, who Victoria Newland is? Do you know who Victoria Newland who? is? Victoria Newland. No, I don't know. Okay, who she well, is. she's the undersecretary of the State Department, and she was rigging elections okay. in in Ukraine in 2014, installing basically what what amounts to be a puppet nation for the United States. That Ukraine has been exploited, and the reason why we're in this mess right now, sir, is because Ukraine uh, has made a deal with the devil, and our politicians made a deal with Ukraine, making promises we should have never made that irked Russia. If if Russia were to put missiles on the border of Cuba and in Venezuela and pointed them right at Washington, D.C., guess what? We would have a problem with that. It was called the Cuban Missile Crisis. So okay, we have a problem that with that, with when, and so, how so does, does that Russia. Compare, how does that compare... How does that compare to Ukraine trying to join NATO? Please tell me that you have two yeah. communist dictators. You had two communist dictators okay. with their fingers on an atomic button ne- pointing towards the U.S. Of course, okay. we have a problem. The, 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 the answer to the Ukraine question. Trying- the answer to the question is Russia doesn't want to have a NATO aggressor aggressor pointing missiles at Moscow from about 150 NATO miles aggressor. away. NATO aggressor, who, what would NATO do that would be aggression towards Russia? Please explain that. It's called leverage. And it's called, it's not, it's not only called leverage, it's called, um. So, so do you believe in communism? You believe because Russia feels that they have the right, even though they don't have to, even though Ukraine's been independent from Russia since like, uh, 
<laughs> way back 1800s ukraine has not been part of russia but now because we have a a half-cocked leader who his own oh let's not forget his own people said he was crazy for going in the fsb let's not forget that report we'll just ignore that report too won't we because no, 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 i'm just saying that russia's russia's behavior russia's reaction to having this direct uh conflict on their doorstep is the pre- preemptive but look i gotta take another call and uh, i appreciate your call no you caller you're on the air I thought we had another caller because I heard it calling in. Um, I didn't mean to hang up on that guy, by the way, uh, uh, the caller from Las Vegas. Um, And I think it was John from Chicago that was calling in. Yeah, right here. Okay, so uh, this is John from Chicago. I imagine you had a comment about the person calling in from Las Vegas. Yeah, just to respond, I don't think anyone doubts the, the bravery of those Ukrainians who are fighting uh, against Russian forces. Uh, those people are showing great personal bravery if they're really uh, standing up there and they're fighting and they're going back to fight. Uh, so there's no doubt. It, it's a question of what is the cause justified. And I think I, I can understand what their view is and why they why they say that. And it did um, conduct the, the Holomador against the Ukrainian people. Um, that Stalin did. That was a, that was a communist. And your, your last caller said Russia's communist, which is, frankly, not even in the ballpark. It's not right. at all what they are at this point. But uh, So the Holodomor did result in, you know, they, anywhere from one to six million Ukrainians. Understandable. But that, that's, so for the Ukrainian nationalists, certainly that's going to be a, a stick in their craw. But remember, Roughly 40% of the population is Russian and is much more amenable to being either split from Ukraine or part of Russia. And that's where the concept of Nova Russia has come up. That's where your caller is just fundamentally wrong. Now, the other thing is, and the only quibble I'd have with your position on that, Scott, is that in 2014, that wasn't even we engineered an election. We engineered a coup. And Victoria Cookies Newland engineered a coup that overthrew a bunch of the Ukrainian nationalists basically would help to to put pressure on and drove the elected off, uh, president Yanukovych out of office. That's how we got to that point. And that's when Russia became very alarmed yeah, because it wasn't really the, the result of democratic elections. Yeah, but sadly, sadly, they've not had really a democratic election in Ukraine. And sadly, uh, Yanukovych, I think his name was, and... Uh, Yankin Sok, yeah, I, I get the names. Uh, Yatsenyuk. Uh, all of these uh, leaders, Poroshenko uh, and now Zelensky, they've all had ties with oligarchs. They've all had ties with these corporate uh, oil companies and energy companies in general. Um, it's just a big, huge slush fund of corruption and money laundering in yeah, Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, I would argue much more so than Russia. I mean, the oligarchs in Russia, there were about seven oligarchs in the 90s after, and it was under U.S. tutelage, by the way, seven oligarchs in the 90s who controlled about 60% of Russia's wealth. Now, they're all dead out of the country or, you know, out of power. And yes, there are other oligarchs, but that that's slowly, you know, that's changed. And there's been much more, I think, diffusion of wealth. But 
in Ukraine, it's still more of a, I don't call it a mafia state, but there's a lot of very shady elements there that are influencing things. And, you know, when you're, you see what's going on with Hunter Biden and whatnot, you know that you know, that doesn't, it's not as bad as that in Russia, that's for sure. But the, the point being there with, with Graham, you mentioned Graham, they were doing this to create a ring of unfriendly countries around Russia. So when your last caller said, well, you know, what are we doing in Russia? Are you kidding? They've stated it. They want to get him out of office. They've been saying that for around 10 years. They want to basically control the foreign policy of Russia because if they control Russia, then they have the whole, the whole really developed world yeah. to get to gather against China. Yeah, let's just and take then a they listen. Can hopefully, bring China. Yeah, let's take a listen to this Newland clip. I think this might be a different clip. Uh, U.S. Undersecretary of State Victoria Newland. At the congressional hearing, there are biological research. Oh, well, no, that's actually this same one. But, you know, she's she's been um, she was directly involved not only with Christopher Steele and the Russian dossier. She was directly involved that she lied under oath about that situation. Uh, She's connected with Fiona Hill. She's connected with that whole cabal in Ukraine. Um, And she was a big part of the Russian hoax. And the cover-up of, you know, what was being done there. And everybody knew it was a hoax. Um, and I actually know some people that know her personally and suggest that she has done some things that are going to land her in big trouble. So, I don't know. Well, I wouldn't be surprised about that at all. You know, regarding these biolabs, yeah, it's one thing to have a laboratory. I will tell you that if you look it up, Putin outlawed the, the export of, apparently what I understand, of of DNA from Russia in 2008. I, I, I thought the first lab came in there around 2007. I, I don't know if it has anything to do with anything, but I, I think that that was, that was what they were worried about, is the export of DNA to be used in bioweapons. Now, in fact, if they did that, if anyone tried that, that'd be, that would have almost certainly a lot of incredibly collateral, incredible Very collateral damage because of the close genetic... Uh, relationship of, say, southern Russians and Poles, and um, Ukrainians and, and Russians, Ukrainians and Poles. You have unbelievable amounts of blowback. So it struck me as a really stupid idea to try it. But that was the worry that there would be these DNA labs that would sort of be used as bioweapons. Uh, and that's what I believe led him to to ex- to, uh, to ban the export of DNA out of Russia. That was 2008. Right, right. Uh, look up when these bio labs started. If they started in 2007, not saying anything. I'm just saying that's that's interesting timing. Um, well, well, there's we'll actually a lot more. There. There's there, there, it goes back to 2005 actually. Um, so so there's a uh, picture of Obama standing in Ukraine in 2005, and um, um, that's something else that we were going to get into. Uh, but yeah, right here, it's uh, uh, let's dive a little deeper. It says interest in biological weapons from Joe's former sensei and Dick Luger in 2005 is noteworthy. So Obama and Luger's pa- pandemic op-ed published prior to visiting Ukraine, Russia and Azerbaijan in 2005. That was in the New York Times article. What other stuff is out there? And so there's pictures of of chemical weapons and bioweapons in Ukraine back then. And this was put put out by uh, the Daily uh, Mail. The Daily Mail wrote an article um, 
in 2014, and it says Barack Obama in Donetsk, Ukraine, 2005, a program for thre- for threat reduction was created. Ukraine is a full uh, out deep state uh, country, and here it says the two met in Kiev with President Viktor Yunchenko making the case that an existing cooperative threat reduction program covering the destruction of nuclear weapons should be expanded to include artillery, small arms, anti-aircraft weapons, and conventional ammunition of all kinds. Um, And that also included because there's a picture of a stockpile of bio and chemical weapons. And then, Remember uh, and then yeah. Obama gave Luger a medal of, uh, you know, one of those presidential medals of freedom. Well, later on, because when he became yeah. president, right? Because that was twenty oh five. You said, you know, in just in, in Syria, they the government there was accused of using chemical weapons in 2013, 2015, and twenty sixteen, and I think all of those were proven to be fake. But that was used as a justification for intervention. In Syria as well, again, not to take a pro or con view of Assad one way or the other. I'm not, I'm not here to comment on him. But, but that was, I believe, done against him three times. So this, this kind of thing is very tricky, and you have these staged photo ops. Oh, look, he used chemical weapons on his own people. Well, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But I believe those were all shown to be um, fabricated. So you have to be very careful yeah. with these, especially in the fog of war. And, you know, regarding, again, your last caller's comment, what are they doing to Russia? There was orange revolutions or color revolutions in Ukraine. They tried it in Belarus, in Kazakhstan, in uh, Armenia, all over their periphery. And again, the idea there was to surround them with Miguel gasta menos en el mantenimiento. Yeah, sorry about that. And so, you know, this is done again and again yeah. and again. So that their concern is understandable. And if he's concerned about it, look, yeah. 40% of the country is of Russian extraction. They'd like to stay more neutral. All you to stay neutral. Hello? Yes, caller. Yeah, I wanted to. um, uh, My grandmother came from Ukraine when they used to be back Russia, and they were having been independent for the long period of time, like the one caller said. Because my grandmother was, when she was in Ukraine at the turn of the century, was part of Russia. That was a time when they were busy killing Jews, and my grandmother left. So the guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Ukraine is not a. fantastic, wonderful country trying to get independent. Uh, they're a globalized, like you're right, they're globalist, and I don't trust anybody who wants to be part of a one-world government. And right. I think you're fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. W- what's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, Donna from uh, from the San Fernando Valley, part of, uh, hopefully part of Paul Preston's New California. Great. Okay. Thank you for calling in today. All right. Okay. All, All right. right. So, John, uh, that was a nice call. <laughs> that was better than the last call. <laughs> it's more as a friendly. Yeah. I, I, the only other thing I was going to say, too, besides that, is, you know, regarding, uh, you mentioned uh, Mark Levin, and, and I, I generally have liked Mark Levin, but he is, he'll say, oh, I'm not a neocon. He has been absolutely a neocon on this one. And yeah, absolutely. And almost irrational hatred of Russia, not seeing the bigger picture, which is we could have been an ally with them and really had the ace card over China. And that's something Russia wanted to do from the late 90s, even in the early Putin years. That's that's what's so frustrating yeah. about this whole thing. We could have had an ally. But he has been really bad on this. And remember, one last thing I'll say about him, he's one of the guys who pushed John Bolton on Trump. 
and I wouldn't be surprised if he had some influence in that appointment. But well, I, I think that there was a lot of pushing, pushing on. John John, yeah, and I think that they used the leverage they got from the Russian hoax and the Ukrainian call brought about by the left wing, and they used those attacks as leverage to get appointments. That people question, why did Trump hire this guy or that guy? And it's like, I think he was under a lot of pressure. Like Lindsey Graham could come to him and say, look, Mr. You know, Mr. President, I'll, impe- I'll, I'll get the Senate to impeach you and you'll be out of office. If you don't not only endorse my candidacy, but also hire this guy as your national security advisor. You know, you know what I'm I saying? Heard that happened with Chris Ray. Yeah, yeah I heard that exactly. With Chris Ray, where the, you wonder, why did he keep Chris Ray? Well, I've heard that was Senate pressure to withdraw support if he didn't maintain Ray. And these guys sabotaged his administration. Exactly. And violated some of his promises. But last thing I'll simply say is, this is, and I think I'm repeating what you said, but this is happening because the Ukraine is being used as a tool against Russia. And unfortunately, they do the dying. They do the fighting and they do the dying. It is really tragic. It yeah. doesn't have to happen. That's yep. my final hey, word on that. Well, thank you for calling in today. We're, we're out of time, Thanks, actually. Sir. So, But thank have you. All Thanks. right. Take Bye. care. All right. Well, we've had some crazy calls this week. And, um, you know, I don't mind the guy that called in from Vegas. Um, I do mind that, you know, I did see this guy posting on some of my comments, our posts on Facebook, using the F word and things like that. It doesn't need to be like that. He doesn't need to be so aggressive, calling me a moron and and, and all kinds of things like that. It's just ridiculous. I researched this stuff. I have great sources in the State Department. Um, Look, the thing is, is that um, there's a lot more to this uh, conflict than meets the eye. I actually wanted to uh, get into a lot of other um, areas, one of which was this Bryce Meredith, uh, but we're, we're, we're actually going to be out of time today. Uh, we're going to go ahead and play uh, some clips from Bryce Meredith uh, tomorrow, probably. Um, he had a great victory over the weekend, by the way, uh, at the UNC, UFC. So that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast. Check out MAGAPAC.org. Find out what we're doing to advance America First policies to make America great again. And make a donation if you can. And also, if you're going to be buying pillows over at MyPillow.com, be sure to use Red State and support our radio station, uh, Red State, uh, with your promo code. And you'll get the biggest savings available to you. And... With that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.